0: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
3: All right, welcome back to The Lake Show. It's that time of year because it is the beginning of a new year. You know how we operate in that brain of ours, that mental space. We keep telling each other, I'm going to do better. I'm going to get in better shape. I'm going to eat better. And for the first few weeks, first couple of months, the majority of us actually do that. And then we kind of fall back into the bad habits. Well, how do we stay on top of our game? You know, what are some of the things that we should focus in on to make sure that we make 2024 as productive as we would like to be health-wise? Well, uh, joining us now here on The Lake Show, courtesy of the John Schutzer Baker Hotline, is Dr. Robbie Bershowt. From a line of sports medicine, a physician there and chief medical officer of Minnesota United, uh, Robbie. Thank you, uh, Doctor, for uh, joining us tonight.
1: Good to be here. Thanks for having me.
3: All right, so uh, I'm, I want to start it off with just ask you just a very general. I mean, this time of year is this where you get the most questions about what a person needs to do to get in better shape?
1: <laughs> yeah, you're you're absolutely right. This is this is the time of year when people are most likely to focus on on turning over a new leaf and and also when people are most reminded that change is really really hard uh, especially with diet and exercise where we're working against patterns or routines that have been in place for for years or even decades and this is when people are are thinking about making those changes which is great uh yeah. but as you said, uh, you know, when we start trying to make those changes, we find it's it's a lot harder work than we were intending.
3: Absolutely. Habits are hard to break. I, I totally get that. I mean, we're all different. We're all unique. We all have different schedules. We all have uh, different, um, you know, makeup in terms of family structure and all of that stuff. And, and, and with jobs, some people have to travel all the time, 24-7. So there's a lot of things that go into us trying to change the dynamic of our health as well as live a healthier life. So let's go through just a few things here while we have the time. The first is, you know, what advice do you have for people looking to improve their health and their fitness in this coming year?
1: When I'm talking to patients about this, when they have questions for me about this, usually I really encourage them to think about, what are the realistic goals that can fit into their day-to-day lives? Like, I would love to be the guy that goes to the gym for two hours and cooks three meals from scratch every day, but the odds of me keeping that up for even one to two weeks are really low, let alone one to two months or all throughout the year. But I can be the guy that spend 10 minutes doing something active after dinner instead of just scrolling through my phone. So I think a lot of the time people often set big, big goals, which I appreciate. But then they get discouraged when they can't meet those real or unrealistic expectations and they stop because, well, what's the point? I already sort of fell off the wagon. So in my mind, uh, when I'm counseling patients on this, I often tell them it's much better to set smaller realistic goals that they can achieve consistently because when you get those wins on a regular basis, it feels good. It gives you the motivation that you can then have that foundation to, to build off of.
3: You know, Doctor, you're 100% correct because, you know, my situation, single, no kids, I have the freedom. If I want to go to Chanhassen one day to go to Lifetime to go work out, I can. If I want to go to Woodbury, mm-hmm. I can. I can go to Singles Park. So, I, you know, it's, it's just about – Making sure that I work out, making sure that I get my meals, and making sure that I get to work and do this radio show on a day-to-day, right? And do all the other things, <laughs> mm-hmm. where As opposed to I have friends that are married with kids, and they have to run kids to school or run kids to practice. I, I talk to Trent Tucker, the former NBA basketball player, all the time, and he's running his kids to hockey and stuff, and I'll catch up with him at the gym. And I have more time, downtime at the gym than he does. So everybody's schedules are different. But you just said something really interesting, though, in your first answer. And you brought up technology and you you, you talked about scrolling through your phone. Do you think that um, that apps and social media and phones have helped us in a workout way or hurt us more? Which one do you lean towards? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. You know, the every year the uh, American College of Sports Medicine puts out this, survey of of annual fitness trends and and pretty much every year since 2016 sort of wearable technology and and fitness technology have topped that list so it's here it's here to stay it's not going anywhere but I think it absolutely cuts both ways I think there are now more than ever resources that we didn't used to have you can bring up a workout to do at home you can you can see your friends doing active things and that can be motivating but we also get a lot of unrealistic messages from uh, from social media, from Instagram, from TikTok. We see we see people doing things that maybe don't really fit with what what our needs are, or uh, doing things that are just not really realistic for us to accomplish. So. Yeah. I, I think looked at it like we look at most technology, which is if you can take a step back and, and figure out where am I using this effectively and what are the good things that I can get out of it, then I, I do really think that it has a lot to lot to offer. But I think the the main thing I see and what I hear from patients is I just get stuck on my couch scrolling through the phone. And, and I think <laughs> as, as, as uh, we can, if people can recognize that and then just know that this the time when i'm doing that and swap that out with something different then i think that's the biggest way we can we can work against that
3: yeah we're talking to dr robbie bershow from a line of sports medicine a physician there and also chief medical officer of minnesota united he's joining us here on the lake show on news talk 830 WCCO. all right uh, the question for you now is where is the best place to start on that journey of getting physically uh fit and healthier
1: I think one of the important things we see is uh, is just diet changes. And again, I think people, again, sometimes really want to go big. Uh, but if you can just find one different thing to, to change uh, and start from there, that can make a huge difference. If you're a big pop drinker. Go ahead and try and swap that out for water, even just one time a day, and see how that works for you. If you're someone like me that loves to peruse the ice cream aisle at the grocery store, just walk on by. Just see what it's like to not have that in your freezer so that when it's snack time later, you're not motivated to do that. So I think diet-wise, just trying to make those small changes can be really effective. I think fitness, we know the data is really clear that people do better with exercise. People do better with fitness when it is something that they enjoy. So some people love working out for working out's sake, and that's awesome. But for many, many people, you can't really get that same joy and that motivation that lasts throughout the year. But people love walking their dog. They love playing with their grandkids. They love playing pick up ball. They love playing pickleball. You know, there's all sorts of different things that we can do. So finding something that you enjoy and sort of flipping the script so that it's not, this is something that I have to do to get healthier, but this is something that I'm leaning into because I really enjoy this and it gets me benefit independently. Mm -hmm. I think that's where the focus really needs to be. And that's where we see people build these really sustainable patterns.
3: Now, this next question, doctor, is, I feel like it's an important one, just from from what I know, just being in the business of of covering sports and being in Mm -hmm. arenas and being around a lot of people that are, quote, influencers. How do social media and celebrity endorsements influence people's health-related decisions?
1: Usually not in the most positive way. I wish it were otherwise. I wish it were otherwise. Uh, But I think that everybody, as you know, and from your background and and what I do on a day-to-day basis, I mean, we can get a ton of inspiration and motivation from, from athletes and, and there's so much that we can gain from that. But I think when you when you filter it through the lens of social media and you're adding in makeup artists and lighting effects and, and fifteen second bits that are designed to capture your attention and move on to the next, I think sometimes it it misses the bigger picture on on why even those athletes that we look up to got in this to, to begin with, which is because they love the sport and they love doing what they're doing and they love how it feels to do a good job at something. And so I think that there is some danger in, in that, but listen, it's as long as there's been media, as long as there's been print or or radio or TV or, or social media, you know, we as humans, we're, we're influenced by what we see. And so I think we, we recognize that. uh, But just, I think people can can realize for themselves that they're an individual and and they need to do what is right for them and the same workout routine and the same uh, uh, clip that's showing up on their feed just might not be the best fitness program for them. I think as long as people realize that, then then they're in a good spot.
3: Yeah. Uh, Dr. Burchill, though, the the reason why I want to focus on that particular question is let me give you a quick scenario. So I am somebody that I tend to like to go work out four to five days a week, right? Mm-hmm. And my most intense workouts are on the weekend because I have more more downtime on the weekend, mm-hmm. right, to, to go mm-hmm. do stuff. Yep. If I want to go hang out for two hours, I can go hang out for two hours. Well, I have some friends that are in the uh, the fitness industry. Uh, one of mm-hmm. them, he owns a, a big... Um, company that's uh, that's into supplements and stuff like that, whatever. And so we talk every now and then just about sports and about life and about a lot of different things. And I'm getting input from him and another buddy of mine about weightlifting and technique and stuff like that, right? And so this is what happened last week. So last week on Instagram, um, somebody that we know, um, they had posted a picture, and you Ooh. know, we're we're comedy. We're like, wow, you know, look 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 at you know their physique or whatever. And mm-hmm. what my buddy said to me, and this is, this is something that the people that are in the industry, not a regular novice like me is going to know or see, but just mm-hmm. you talk about seeing results and you talk about celebrity influencers. The, from the picture, my buddies could point out and say, and I can't even pronounce the name of what they were trying to describe to me. But they said, no, that's not natural. Look at the way the abs are bulging out. They're running something called, it's called Clin, I guess, is, is what people refer to as Clinbuterol or something like that, whatever. So my point in bringing this up is, is that there's a lot of cutting agents. There's a lot of things that people can do. And you talked about filters. But there's actually, like, medications that influencers stuff use that the average person like me I won't know anything about. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that I think that I think that that puts a lot of stress and strain on the average person because they're like, "Why don't I look like, you know, uh, Kim Absolutely. Kardashian? Or why don't yeah. I look like Heidi Klum? Or whoever? Right? And mm-hmm. me, I'm just that person that's that has maybe a, a different uh, network of people that I can uh, talk to and bounce ideas off of, and they can mm-hmm. filter down to me. They can be like, "Yeah, like that's it's it's not what you think it is."
1: <laughs> no i i agree entirely i i think that it is the danger sometimes where we see and again those those things can be motivating they can be inspiring for people but i think it it's common that people get the wrong perspective or they think that uh if i work like that i'm going to be able to get that even though it's never going to be a obtainable because they're they're dealing with a different set of things, things that frequently are not really healthy in the long term. And they sort of lose sight of what the what the main point is, which is to to feel good about the way that you're working out and, yep. and to feel good about getting healthy for that. I think that uh, sometimes we're starting to see in media people filtering down. You'll see again in print media, people people posing for pictures without makeup or without all the special effects, just to sort of get that sense of this is what it actually looks like and i think when people start to step back and realize okay this is this is sort of my journey here and i'm just going to take it step by step and i'm not going to worry about getting those, you know, my 12th pack uh, on because I'm I'm never realistically going to get there yep. uh, and not going to get there because I'm I'm approaching it in a healthy, sustainable way. I think what you don't often see also is the after effects of some of those treatments or some of that super intensive working out or putting your body through different chemicals, many of which are are often not legal or not, not advisable. And then what are the after effects of that? Like that's not captured in that single social media post either. So yeah. uh, it, even though it's, it's certainly less sexy, if we can cer if we can just sort of get back to doing the health for, for the main reason of doing health, which is that it feels good over time. It uh, it points you in a good direction. Those are the things that are going to be sustainable for people weeks months and in years down the road
3: all right uh, two final quick questions for you then we're talking to dr robbie Burshow, uh here on the lake show on news talk 830 WCCO. W- what are what are some of the misconceptions or myths about health and fitness that a lot of people will encounter on their journey
1: i think one of the things that we we see sometimes is that uh a lot for a long time we we're really focused on people needing to get their cardio done and it's been a lot of emphasis on getting that many minutes in per week of just the cardio piece. I think again the data has been really clear especially in the last few years that strength training, resistance training is a super important part of that and I think the main misconception is is people think that's not for me either I don't have that physique or I'm not in the right demographic or the age group but Strength training, resistance training can be done safely by almost all ages and is a really important part for maintaining a lot of that good, either bone mass, uh, muscle mass, which helps with your your management of, of diabetes or prevention of heart disease, other things like that, and can really have a ton of positive health effects. And so I try and encourage people to uh, really mix it up with that and get both their cardio and their, their strength in, even if they don't feel like that's right for them. Now, are they going to Head straight and and, uh, and head straight for the bench press at uh, age seventy five. If that's their first time in the gym and just rack up as much as they can, probably not. But we can start them in a spot where we're just trying to get accomplishable gains, and and that's true if you're if you're twenty or you're seventy starting out. Yeah. That's where sometimes talking with a fitness professional, someone that's in the know that can tell you how to do things safely and responsibly and just have faith that if if I stick with this, things are going to go well over time and that's going to be a really important part for me.
3: And this is the most important and final question. And you, you just kind of alluded to it. I, look, we all want people to be in a better place, right? In, in their lives, uh, specifically with health and, and wellness and fitness. How can we How can we prevent people from becoming burned out you know because we Mm -hmm. want people to stay motivated Mm -hmm. we don't the gyms we don't want the gyms to just be packed for january Mm -hmm. february and then everybody Mm -hmm. fall off of you on the couch watching uh, march Mm -hmm. madness and watching basketball in march and not go back to the gym so how do we stay motivated
1: yeah i i think that is a great question that really gets at the crux of of what what we what we deal with and what we try and encourage for our patients i think that One thing is mixing up that routine can be really, really helpful. Again, for some people, they're motivated independently just by the working out, but for most of us, Something that is interesting, that's fun, that's enjoyable. I think that's what, that's what keeps people going. So I think introducing that variety, recognizing that rest is an important part of that, that they need to give their body some downtime to recover. Sleep and rest are, are as important as the, the actual working out. Uh, so I always encourage people to do that. We're fortunate to live in a state where the seasons change, so there's lots of different things that we can do all throughout the year. And then the last thing I would say is just people can give themselves some grace. Like if, if this is your plan, don't get discouraged if you have an off day or even an off week. Give your body that chance to recover and then get back out and start doing it again. Uh, big picture-wise, you're going to be really happy that you did long-term.
3: Yeah. Dr. Robbie Bershow, uh, Alina Health. Uh, sports medicine physician and chief medical officer of Minnesota United. A hey, doctor, I appreciate the time tonight. It's been a, f- a fabulous conversation. I appreciate all your candid, uh, you know, remarks and answers to all of my questions. And I'll be, I'll be sure to try to find you at a Minnesota United game here this next season. I, I'm there a lot in terms of um, in the press box or whether I'm hanging out. I'm, I'm good friends with uh, the ownership group. With uh, Minnesota United, and so, uh, and also, I hang out with uh, goaltender uh, uh, Dane St. Clair every now and then. So I'll be sure to try to find you at some point.
1: That sounds great. Go loons!
3: All right, take care. That's Dr. Robbie Bershow joining us here on the Lake Show. All right, we will take a break. We will come back. Um, I actually want to get to something that he stated in the midst of all of the questions that we had for him about getting in better shape, and we do that next year on the Lake Show.
4: Call from mom. Answer it
0: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I
3: right, I thought that Dr. Bershow was unbelievable. He was really, really good. And something that I think is the, the one of the great things that he mentioned that can really go a long way is just make sure that mentally that you just stick to it, that you stay motivated. I know it's not easy, and he, he's, like, talking about when you get super busy or you get tied up or you can't get to the gym or you can't do this or you can't do that, give yourself a little bit of grace and just say, you know what, give myself a rest day or a rest couple days, but I'll get right back on the horse. That's, to me, that's the the key part of all of this because if you have that mentality and that's the way that you look at things, you'll stay active.
2: I think the first inclination when somebody messes up, they're like, oh, I screwed this up. It's like, Oh, it's done. It's over with. Yes, it's like, yeah, we, we all have those days where we're like, man, that was, that was dumb. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done this. Shouldn't have done that. Maybe, but it's, we all have those days. It's like, yeah, we're, we're human. Sometimes your day is not going to go great. Tomorrow's another day. You can still keep on that road to achieve your goal. Every day is not going
3: to be perfect. If, 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 You know what the perfect day is for me? Every single day that I can get a workout in. Preferably 90 minutes. Okay. Do you think that I can get to the gym every single day of my life? No, No. I can't. But you, ma- you make the most
2: out of what you can do.
3: Absolutely. E- even there's been days where I'm like, I can't get there. I can get there, but only 45 minutes. You know what I do? I get there for the 45 minutes, and that's the best that I can do. And yeah. I grind. And I make sure that I go from machine to machine and go quickly and get my heart rate up and I get a good sweat in. And then I shower up and then I'm gone and I feel better about myself.
2: It's PMA, positive mental attitude. Man.
3: So, you know, so yeah, I mean, I'm on that journey just like all the other people out there listening to the show. We're all on this journey together, it feels like. All right, 651-461-9226. We'll take a brief pause, take a look at the weather, and then we'll come back and we'll talk to Dane Mizzitani. He's the beat writer from the Pioneer Press covering the Minnesota Vikings. We talk to him next on The Lake Show. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show, News Talk 830-WCCO. It's time to check in with my guy, Dane Mizzitani, beat writer, Minnesota Vikings for the Pioneer Press. He joins us on the John Schutzer Baker Hotline. Uh, Dane, always a pleasure to chat with you, man. It's been a while since we last saw each other. I have not been to the last couple of Vikings games, but I got to get with you at some point because uh, I have a little bit of a holiday gift to get to you.
4: Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a
3: while. Yeah, it's been a while, man. But I hope that uh, you had uh, a happy holidays.
4: Yeah, man, I, I did. How about yourself?
3: I'm doing pretty good, man. I, I had no complaints. I got a chance to see my sister in town from L.A., my cousin in town from Atlanta. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Went to a couple of Wolves games. Uh, and so uh, so all is good in the world, man, at least from my perspective. All has not been good with the Minnesota Vikings, unfortunately. Uh, the quarterback Wolves, man. Um, look, you know that when your top quarterback goes down for the remainder uh, of the season that you're going to have issues. I don't care what team you are. I don't care um, what your roster makeup is like. The bottom line is when your top guy goes down, you're going to be oftentimes in trouble. And the Minnesota Vikings are no different. I looked at last weekend, though, in a must-win game against the Green Bay Packers, your hated rival, I thought that the decision to start Jaren Hall was a poor one. Your thoughts?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think it was. I I really think that was a case of Kevin O'Connell proverbially throwing up his hands and saying, I don't know what to do. Uh, Because it it wasn't working with Josh Dobbs. They moved to Nick Mullins. He was a turnover machine. I think it was, well, maybe it'll work. Hopefully it'll work. Maybe we can catch some lightning in a bottle. But that proved to be, you know, a poor choice, like you said. The kid looked completely overwhelmed. And and you felt bad for him. It, It wasn't his fault. He clearly shouldn't have been put in that position. And I think if Kevin O'Connell could go back and, and do it over, he wouldn't. Um, uh, there's a difference between looking good in practice and being able to apply that into a game. Jaron Hall is not ready. I'm not sure he will be ready. Um, he looked overmatched in that game. And, and by the time Nick Mullins came in, uh, the game was already over. So it, it, it just a disaster in prime time on
3: New Year's Eve. You know, Dane, when I looked at – moving forward to this weekend's game against the Detroit Lions, there's only one thing that I want. And that one thing isn't a Minnesota Vikings victory. I don't care if they win or lose this game. I don't. The only thing I care about, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, the only thing I care about is I don't want an injury to Justin Jefferson. Because we, we, we can't have that, man. This guy is an unrestricted free agent. We need to go ahead and pay the man for what he's done in his time here in Minnesota. And I want him going into the off season as healthy as he can be.
4: I, I agree hundred um, percent. But at the same time, uh, Justin wouldn't let you put him in bubble wrap. So he wants to go out and play. He just got to hope that, that he can get through the game healthy. Um, that, you, like you said, the last thing you want is, is him going out there competing his butt off. Like, you know, he he's going to do and, and then something really, really bad happening. Um, I, I think he's going to bring it. I think this season's been really frustrating for him. I know he wants 1,000. He's about 114 yards away. Um, he just torches the Lions. So uh, I wouldn't doubt that he gets that. Um, but I think we'll see uh, some frustration you know, manifesting on the field and, and some good play out, out of Justin Jefferson. Because this season, when you look at the record, obviously not what the Vikings want it to be. But obviously, J.J. missing two months with that hamstring injury, not what he wanted this year to be on a, on a personal level either. So uh, I think he's going to bring in the finale and, and let the chips fall where they may with their 3% whatever chance they have of making the playoffs.
3: Yeah. Damon Zitani from the Pioneer Press joining us here on The Lake Show on News Talk 830-WCCO. I, I know that we've talked a lot about uh, the quarterback situation here over the course of the last month. Uh, We talked a a lot about, you know, Justin Jefferson. Is he healthy? Is he not healthy? Stuff like that. Clearly, the big story. um, The last couple of weeks, C.J. Hawkinson going down. He's out with the torn ACL, MCL. But one of the things that's kind of been flying under the radar, or or a lot of people haven't really said as much, is, at least in my opinion, I feel like the defense that's played well the majority of the season, they had a rough start, and then they just started just cruising along and just locking people down. I feel like the defense is actually put up a few stinkers here the last couple of weeks to close out the season. That fourth quarter against Cincinnati was where it started. They gave up all those points against Cincinnati and it just seems like it's kind of snowball from there.
4: Yeah, I think so. And and I, I really think a lot of this comes down to we we thought at the beginning of the year this defense was going to be pretty bad. Um it, we I think the thought was if Brian Flores could get anything out of this defense, it, it would be a hero's work. And then they were so good for that five- or six-week stretch that I think we convinced ourselves that, wow, Brian Flores has made them a good defense. Uh, I think at the end of the day, what what we're seeing now is they've always had limitations. I think they were get, punching above their weight class through that stretch. Um, that stretch also seemed to coincide with, with some pretty bad quarterbacks on the other end. Um, so I think it was Brian Flores getting the most out of this group and and then it just really starting to catch up to you when when you start to play teams with real offensive weapons, like you said, the the second half of of Cincinnati, uh, Jamar Chase and T Higgins just going up and making plays um, and, and showing that talent gap. Um, Detroit, Armand Ross, St Brown, Demir Gibbs, uh, Laporta, the rookie. Um, then obviously, I think it just kind of got out of hand in, in Green Bay, um, and, and you kind of saw it all, all snowball at, at once, but. Uh, I think Brian Flores is still the right man for the job. I don't know if he's getting head coaching looks after this last month. Um, certainly, think he should still. Um, but if he doesn't, I think that's a blessing for the Vikings because uh, I think they they built a, a good foundation with him, uh now get him some players, and I think they could take off
3: next year. All right, what do you think of the matchup here this uh, this uh, coming weekend against Detroit? It's uh, you know for Detroit they still feel like they have something to play for, and I get it. The Vikings they they feel like they have something to play for, but. I just I don't see it for the Vikings. I think that we're probably looking at a situation where they'll give a good effort, but I just think that Detroit this year is the better team. I think
4: so, too. And I, I think Detroit's going to come in pretty mad. Um, you heard the Dan Campbell quote this week. Uh, I think he called it controlled fury and that he's operating on pure octane um, because of that you know questionable, controversial call at the end of last game for the Lions against the Cowboys in that one-point loss. Um, I think you're going to see some some of that carry over i think they're going to be a motivated group and then obviously they they still do have the two seed to play for Um, they play at noon on the vikings and the lions do and the cowboys don't play the commanders until three so i think the lions want to put pressure on the cowboys win their game and then force the cowboys to win their game to, to capture the two seed so you're going to see a totally motivated lions group and and i just don't think the vikings can compete with that this year
3: hey speaking of the dallas situation with the officiating how bad of an explanation was that to the world by the officials? I mean, we—it's on camera. Like, like De- Decker did say something to him. Now, 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 this is what I think happened, uh, and I'm going to get your opinion on it, Dane. Is look, I, I will. If if the referee says I didn't see him, and and part of that's on me, then just say that, man. Just say I I didn't. I was my my vision was looking at number seventy and not sixty-eight. But the bottom line is, we have video evidence that he was walking up to you, he's approaching you, he's clearly telling you that he's tr- that he's an eligible player. And and we see it. Clear as day.
4: Yeah, uh, the ref just plain got that wrong. And then they came out with a statement yesterday basically saying it's on the offensive team to make it very clear who's eligible. Uh, uh, that's just trying to cover their own butt, in my opinion. Like, just own it. You got it wrong. Um, it's not surprising that they didn't come out and just say totally wrong or bad. Um, because they like to keep up appearances. Uh, But I promise you, Taylor Decker, if that play is called and he knows that as a left tackle he's going to get the ball, he's not going up to the ref just to chop it up. He's telling him, (laughs) look, I'm eligible. I'm going to get the ball here. Um, So you can miss me with all the, you know, they didn't do, they didn't report, they weren't eligible. No, I'm sure it was a thing where in that moment, chips on the table, uh, the refs just got it wrong. Detroit kind of got screwed out of a win. They probably should have – they earned. Um, and, and it's just kind of moving forward. Uh, but, yeah, I, I didn't love that. Um, and if, if that happened to the Vikings, I can promise you the whole state of Minnesota wouldn't love it either.
3: Yep. Hey, final thing. Hey, man, we were both loving those college football playoff games, man. How fun was that on Monday? I loved the Washington game, although Washington made that way closer than what it should have been. I mean, it's, it, it, was, it was sad to see the situation where – and it was just luck for for Texas that the the running back from Washington couldn't get off the field, and so they had to you know stop the clock there. But w- what did you make of those two college football games?
1: Yeah,
4: I think the committee unquestionably got it right. I know there was some some controversy. of State finishes undefeated and and doesn't get in, uh, but you can't watch those games last weekend and, and not say the committee didn't get it right because they they were perfect. Both came down to the literal last play of the game um and and obviously michigan beating alabama but the washington game me and you were texting back and forth uh, awesome game crazy ending that washington really had no business being in such a close game with how they played uh but man you watch michael Penix and, and he wears purple and he would sure look good in purple next year too um that kid can throw the ball around um nfl throws just smooth with it um i think some Underrated mobility in the pocket with the way he was able to kind of navigate and avoid pressure. Uh, I think that kid's going to be a star at the next level. I know people are worried about his injury history. They think he's in, he's a little bit older. Uh, he's going to be 24 when he when he starts and is a rookie. But man, he he balled out the other night. Washington should have won by 20, and instead they're 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 cutting it down to the last play of the game because of some weird stuff at the end. But I can't wait to watch Washington, Michigan. Um, I think Penix is a star in the making, and and I can't wait to see him next Monday.
3: Do you um who you got in the championship game?
4: I think I gotta take Washington. I, I think I'm Michigan's defense has been great all year, but I really think when they step on the field, Washington's gonna have the best player. They're gonna have Michael Penix and they might have the second best player with Roman Dunze. So let's go. Let's watch. I, I can't wait.
3: I'm with you, man. I think Washington's got too many skill position guys that are really, really good. And it sounds like the running back is going to be back. So good news for them. Hey, Dane, mm-hmm. as always, man, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, anytime, Lake. Let's All get right. together soon. All right, sounds good. That's Dane Mississani from the Pioneer Press, covers the Minnesota Vikings for that great establishment and organization, uh, and I'm always happy to have him here on the show. We'll take a break. We got headlines. That's next. All right, it's time for headlines. Without any further ado, let's get the proceeding started right now with Christopher Tubbs.
2: All right, let's get to it, H. Lake, a little bit of a scare earlier today at the state capitol. As justices on the Minnesota Supreme Court who were hearing oral arguments were among those evacuated for a time, while bomb-sniffing dogs were brought in to make sure there was no threat at the state capitol earlier on today. The there apparently was no real threat, and now the building uh, it was reopened with enhanced security measures in place. But Minnesota was one of a number of state capitals across the country that experienced similar hoaxes. The multiple threats Wednesday morning led to evacuations or lockdowns as police investigated but found no evidence of dangerous items uh, found at any of them. Warnings came after a spate of false reports at shootings of the homes of public officials in recent days. Connecticut, Georgia, Kentucky, Michigan, Mississippi, and Montana were among the states that evacuated their capitals. Lawmakers in Kentucky and Mississippi were also two of the first to restart their legislative sessions.
3: Man, we're living through some times, aren't we? Man. My gosh, man. My gosh.
2: And you gotta take you, everything seriously.
3: Yes, you do. Don't you got something better to do than make threats towards the uh Minnesota Supreme Court?
2: Some people don't. Gosh. Some people don't.
3: Hey. I, I just it it just it just bugs me, man, that these are the <laughs> the times that we're living through. And I'm not saying I don't want to be here. I don't wanna, you know, I don't enjoy life. Yes, I enjoy life. It just it sucks, man, that these are the headlines that we have to deal with.
2: Yeah, and I don't know what the end game is because everything can be traced. Everything, they're going to get you, right? As yep. they say, you're going to get got, and we will find out say? who's behind that, huh? <laughs> is that what they? say? That's what they say. <laughs> you're going to get got, and this person going to get got. Not yet, but they're going to get got. Oh. But they ain't got got yet. Police in Utah are investigating the death of a man who crawled into the engine of of a Delta airline jet on the ground at Salt Lake City International Airport late on Monday. Airport says the 30-year-old man got into the secure ramp area of the airport through a terminal emergency exit, ran to the south end of the airport's west runway where de-icing operations were underway and crawled into an aircraft engine that was not running. Our emergency responders found the man unconscious and were not able to revive him. The airport said it's unclear at this time what injuries caused the man's death because
3: yeah, uh, it wasn't running.
2: No. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't. Um, the National Transportation Safety Board says it's gathering information about the incident, but indicated from local police that are handling the investigation,
3: it, you know, yeah this is a weird one i want I want to hear more about this, like what led to the actual death itself
2: yeah, I mean that you know police there apparently was a call around ten o'clock after a store manager inside the airport called nine one one to report a disturbance involving a passenger, hmm. but the details are still under investigation. The passenger had gone through one of the terminal's emergency exit doors and onto the airport's outdoor ramp, and they found personal you know police found personal items on the runways, including clothes and shoes. And 10 minutes into the search, dispatchers notified police that the man was at one of the airport's plane de-icing pads Mm. where he went under a plane and accessed the engine. And then immediately police then asked air traffic controllers to tell the pilot to shut down the engines. It's just, it's, it's just a weird story. I mean, the 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 toxicology report is going to tell a lot.
3: I, you just (laughs) said, You stole my thunder right there. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, Because we're thinking a lot. I'm like, yeah, clearly we need to find out what this person was dealing with before they passed. Because maybe they were having a mental situation, mental health situation. I mean, you just never Mm -hmm. know. But this, yeah, this is not a sane situation. No,
2: it, it is not. One thing that has been a little more sane is the movie theater business. And the 2023 domestic box office surpassed $9 billion the highest since the pandemic, this according to Comscore, but it's still $2 billion short of the yearly movie ticket sales reached before the pandemic. Now, despite a tepid fall season at the box office, Barbenheimer delivered a stunning boost to movie ticket sales this year. Barbie brought in $636 million, And uh, Oppenheimer raked in $326 million. Wonka, that was a, a late release. Uh, that uh, brought it to just over $9 billion but compared to 2019 they had 17 fewer wide release films which makes the numbers all that more impressive. So and this
3: and this was also the year in which we had the massive sag after a strike uh, and all the unions Yep. So I find that very very interesting.
2: Yeah, and uh I saw the Barbie movie. I got to admit I uh, I wasn't wowed.
3: Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Um I wouldn't be shocked if I went and watched it and felt it was overrated because I feel like the ones that everybody raves about mm-hmm. nowadays, like that, I don't know, half the time they're not as good as everybody says.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, everybody, oh, my God, the Barbie movie so great because, you yeah. know, it's it's got adult, you know, and, and I'm, I'm okay with the adult themes because you kind of appreciate the, the writing and the acting, and I heard a lot about, you know, Ryan Gosling, but then it's just like, yeah, it was just okay.
3: Coming up next, why are we drinking less beer than we're used to? We get to that next year on The Lake Show.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.